You're listening to a Brain Stew Fresh Fright Review. What's up, creeps? And welcome to a brand new Fresh Frights review of Jordan Peele's... Nope. (laughs) No. Nope. Which is landing in theaters this week upon the release of this episode. Uh, I'm Justin. Nope. I'm Slavester Stallone. Nope. We got Stallone on the show now. We got Sly on here. Dude, how, we, 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 look how big we upgraded. We got rid of fucking Jeremy. We got Sylvester Stallone. Yep. Holy shit, <laughs> dude. Yep. I'm Jeremy. <laughs> yep. I'm B-Ready. And uh, yeah, so we all had the opportunity to see this movie early upon this recording. We saw it the night before, and we're all so fucking excited to talk about this movie. There's been so much mystery surrounding it for so long. It's been, I believe, on all of our most anticipated lists. Correct sure. me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. When that original poster landed on social media with the cloud, with basically that flag you would see at like used car dealership just hanging from it. it, so much speculation. So many people were like wondering what he was going to bring to the table. We had Get Out, which was a masterpiece, and then we had Us, which for most people, including myself, I really enjoyed a lot of that movie. Um, but was disappointed by a lot of the third exactly. act and feel like it, it, it mm-hmm. kind of felt it was flat mediocre. in the long run. But it started out great. It had a great concept, and then it just fell apart at the end of it. Well, Jeremy, you know, man. It, 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 they call it a sophomore slump for a sure. reason, you know? So, I mean, in every filmmaker's had their failed movie. You know, we've Wes Craven, John Carpenter, George Romero. Literally, if, you, if you list every horror icon, they have at least a handful of duds. To be clear, and us there. wasn't a uh, bad a people, movie. It was just not no, a great not at movie. all. Yeah, yeah. So we've all been super excited to watch Jordan Peele's return, and here it is this week. And ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't watched the movie yet, we're gonna go deep in spoilers because there's really no other way to talk about this movie. Look in you. Um, yeah, we're not gonna shroud any mystery over your eyes or your ears, if you will. But we're just gonna give it to you straight. So, <sighs> Brady. I always like throwing this at you last minute because yeah. I know you're not prepared. Do you have like a synopsis or like a basic story outline for those that are uninitiated on what Nope is? Uh, yeah, we can we can go that route. Uh, so, <laughs> Nope, um, according to IMDb. Yeah, uh, I like those n- ones. Yeah, nah, that's I'm good. just kidding. Uh, I mean, I could do a random one or I could Make just one pull up. up what's online. Make really, one up. It, so Make one up right now on the spot. the brother and sister of... Otis and Emerald, played by Daniel. I I say Kalua, but I know that's wrong, uh, so I apologize. Is it Kayula? How do you guys pronounce it? I always said Kaluya. Kayula. Okay. And then Kiki Palmer. Um, they have inherited their deceased father's uh, horse ranch and farm. You better say uh, his fucking family. name. You better say his Otis. No, no, no. Fuck that. The actor's real name. Keith David. It's Keith David. Come on, man. The thing is in in Jordan Peele's movie. Uh, <laughs> are you done? The thing. Can I, can I keep is going you with finished my or thing is that you I've, through? I've I have prepared this 
<laughs> for hours. Uh, after random objects fall tell. from the sky that results in the death of their father, the siblings then attempt to capture video evidence of an unidentified flying object with the help of tech salesman Angel Torres and documentarian Antlers Holst. What a name. I wish I could literally go right now and tell the wife, I really like that name better. I'm going to go change my name to that shit. That almost worked one night when she was Just really drunk and her. I said, I, I wanted to change my name to Charles Bronson legally. And she almost w- was like, all right, go ahead, dude. dude. Like, whatever. Can we just, like, before we get into anything, talk about Antler's, Antler Holst's voice? Because mm. holy shit, that motherfucker, his natural talking voice is like the fucking devil. Dude, yeah. Michael Wincott is an iconic character actor that has played many villains, including one of my favorites from The Crow. He is iconic in that Damn, movie. That and I love seeing him show up in, in bigger movies again. It was just like, and he's sitting there with a hood on most of the time. He's like this super pretentious, like almost like aged out hipster. But I loved so much of how he portrayed the character in this his, movie. His voice, his natural voice. If I a smoke a pack of cigarettes a day, dude, if I was in, <laughs> yeah, I think it's more than a pack. If I was in my basement grabbing something and it was pitch black and his voice came out of the darkness and was like, "What are you, do- what are you <laughs> doing down Whose here? voice do you think is better, his in this movie or Ralph uh, Ineson from The Vich, the dad? I don't know, man. I'm gonna have to um, go with with the dude from this movie. It's fucking terrifying. Michael Wincott. All right, cool. Yeah, no, it's that's how I hope to sound when my wife divorces me and I go back to smoking again and I end up smoking. Mm. No, you're right, Brady. Not a pack, a carton of Newports a day. Mm-hmm. I'll be dead in like three weeks, but at least I'll sound cool before I die, right? Yeah, you'll sound like the singer from uh, Three Days Grace. He was cool. Oh my God. <laughs> that band rules. Um, but no, no, so, okay. Expectations going into this thing. Obviously, we all kind of talked a little bit about us and Get Out. I think we're all on the same page in terms of Get Out being like literally a, a modern horror masterpiece. Jeremy, I remember years ago when it came out, a, a thing you posted on Facebook basically saying the same thing that I felt about the movie that I really was so enamored by it. It was so blown away by it. Brady, you saw Get Out in theaters as well? I did not. Uh, that was at the beginning of my horror journey, really. So I had I didn't really go to the theaters to see anything new horror. I didn't have when, anyone to go when with. When that came out, did you have that shitty ghost tattoo that I see on your arm right now? Did you have uh, that My yet splooge? No? no, I yeah. didn't have okay. that. Okay. Okay. Now we can confirm that. But when you did watch it, though... Would that have made a difference? I think so, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> your okay. horror cred. <laughs> That's a thing. But So when you watched it, you you were... Oh, I fucking loved How did it, it, man. Okay. It, it was, it's one of those movies that, I mean, I feel like it gets thrown, the term gets thrown around a lot. Lightning in a bottle. But, like, what I walked away from was just this feeling of like sadness because of the racial commentary on it, but also just I was mesmerized by it, the horror aspect of it and how original that idea was that it was like, how has nobody done this yet? Brilliant. And then in my mind, I was like, I knew Jordan Peele from Key and Peele and from Mad TV. So I was like, how the fuck did this guy do hey, this? Hey, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> Megan, your jacket. Blake. No. So I, I really fucking loved it, um, which made me really want to go see Us in theaters, which I did. I was dog-sitting at my brother and sister-in-law's house uh, and drove into Tyson's to see it. Uh, and much like you guys, loved the first two acts. Third act dragged a little bit for me, and I had a lot of issues with it. But still, overall, enjoyed the movie, really liked it. Uh, and that made me just even more excited when Nope was coming out. Uh, yeah, I, think I don't know. The, the, I mean, overall, I was going to say, overall, the, the, the most important thing when it comes to Jordan Peele and discussing him as a filmmaker is he's ambitious. He's literally like 
attempting to be the Christopher Nolan of horror movies. Like he himself is already putting himself like with all this pressure on top of him. He wants to try to make a movie under very difficult circumstances and he's challenging himself. And it's very rare to see that in the genre. I mean, in terms of like, especially big releases. I mean, and when his movie came out, it really changed a lot of things for horror. It op- it opens it up for people being able to convey social commentary throughout horror and do it in a sophisticated way, but also still make it entertaining. Mm-hmm. That's something that I feel like some of our favorite filmmakers of the past, particularly like George Romero and Wes Craven, they were able to do that so, so well. Um, but One of my favorite things that came out after that is people who didn't like the movie or didn't like the message of it because they felt offended were like, oh man, why don't you keep politics out of horror? And it's like, motherfucker, there's been politics and horror going yeah. way back. Well, that was you my racist. favorite thing about that conversation. Yeah, so. I mean, people forget that politics and horror have been a thing since legit, like the, in, the, like the inception of horror on film. Yep. There's always been politics in some way, shape, or form, and social and commentary. I mean, look, look at Frankenstein. Yes, look at yeah, because exactly. he was different. The Wolfman, because yeah. because Frankenstein was different, they they fucking wanted to burn him alive because they didn't understand Cast him. Out. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Point. So so going into this, oh. this looked different though. This looked like whoa, he's going to take on science fiction horror. He's going to take on. UFOs. He's going to take on aliens, a subject that has basically been out in the public eye for the last few years with that David Fraber uh, naval footage that was released officially by the government. The government basically opened up a lot of their files like, yo, here's this shit. Um, We have been investigating this for a long time. Uh, Go look at it. You can see it now. You can watch the footage. I mean, so all these years and years, ever since someone could own a camcorder or their own camera, that spectacle. I mean, the guy from Blink-182 is all about. He quit quit his band to devote his life to fucking convincing people and exposing that aliens are real and they're here. I mean, he's a fucking nutcase. Half the shit he won't even talk about. Uh, Well, here's the thing. I mean, listen, the people... For example, I I would never want to bring up this name on the show, knowing who we are and where we are in the podcast world. But for example, Joe Rogan has had on a ton of UFO people that have actually been a part of these things. And when you listen to all of them, they're like giving you details and shit. Tom's just like, I can't talk about that right now. I can't talk about that right now. All the small things. Get the fuck out of here right now, bro. We don't want Maybe that. Maybe he's afraid he's going to get assassinated from the U.S. government for fucking spilling beans, bro. All right, Stephen King, get out of here. Just saying. Uh, Listen. I, it's funny, man. When when I saw the trailers for this or the teasers, it was like, all right, there's, it's definitely science fiction, right? We're moving into a different arena for Jordan Peele here. But I couldn't, I still couldn't figure out what it was. Like I knew, all right, it's something in the sky because of the poster and also the trailer with everybody looking up. But <laughs> there's horses in the trailer, so my first thought was it's going to be about like aliens taking over horses' bodies, and the horses rise up and kill everyone. Only you. So dude, that's, would I come hate up horses. With that, I'm fucking terrified of, of horses. I feel like I'm scared of most big animals like that. That it's like you know what you could end me in one yeah. swift hoof kick. Also, they're dicks. <laughs> well, you're, 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 you're the proper dad, height, though. You're, you're, you're be, where, be, where you I'd are, Jamie. How tall you are. Well, you might be lucky enough that it goes over your head. That's fucking true. (laughs) That's fair. Dude, but that wouldn't be good for me. If that was the plot point, that would have been an M. Night Shyamalan movie. (laughs) And in fact, I'm going to go ahead and say this now, is this movie 
I'll just jump into it and my opinion of it. I don't give a fuck. This movie's so brilliant that I feel like M. Night Shyamalan, when he inevitably watches this movie, is going to be like, fuck, <laughs> I don't make shit like that anymore. I f- you know that meme of Leonardo DiCaprio from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood where he's like pointing at yes. the screen? It's going to be like that. Yes, oh, 100%. Like this, this is something that people looked at Shyamalan to deliver movies like this, and he hasn't delivered movies like this in a very long time. Since Split, Split was fantastic. Split, Split was good. He fucking ruined it with the following act. But it, it wasn't on this level. Split was good. It was not, a, you know, what this movie is that we'll talk about. Yeah, in terms of scale, of course, as well, too. It's nowhere near in terms of how large Peel really wanted to be with but this I could, movie. But I could see a Shyamalan movie where aliens are fucking, like, <laughs> interjecting their <laughs> consciousness into horses. <laughs> That's what I thought because there's the scene in the trailer where like the bloody hand reaches under a table and then you know once you watch it you find out what it is but I was like is that like a horse animal like it's dude I I love I love the misdirection though when you watch the trailer now which I did earlier Mm -hmm. the first trailer not the second one the second one much like me and Jeremy talked about in our Halloween ends trailer review I didn't want to watch the second trailer for nope I watched the first one I'm like I'm good and that second trailer for this movie actually put a lot of people off they were like oh it it looks like a a cheesy comedy it's way more funny than I expected I wanted it to be really scary and terrifying oh it is and even though that trailer Mm -hmm. conveys that there's some funny shit in there which he's had funny shit in all of his movies um, they still were upset over it but ladies and gentlemen make no mistake this movie has elements of pure fucking terror chills down your spine you will be scared and on the edge of your seat i saw jeremy lifted off of his seat i I don't know if it was the aliens above the theater like trying to teleport him up but (laughs) for real dude i mean this movie has something for everyone i was on the edge of of my seat this entire movie this movie had me captivated from that first fucking shot which i'm gonna describe right now the movie literally starts on the set of a on stage sitcom with a live audience and you see what appears to be a lifeless body somewhat in the frame and you see a chimpanzee covered in blood and then all of a sudden the chimp stares into the camera and his face is covered in blood his hands are covered in blood that's the first shot of the fucking movie so you know I, I did a bunch of like TV production classes back in the day and speech classes back in the day that is what we call an attention getter, which it instantly, I was like, what the fuck? In none of the trailers did you see a fucking monkey. I never saw a monkey. I only watched the first trailer, but I never saw a fucking monkey. I didn't know there was going to be a monkey in this goddamn movie, and now it's starting, and there is a blood-drenched monkey that terrifying, terrifyingly looks directly in the camera, and that's how the movie starts. I'm like, what the fuck is this? What am I about to watch? And It was, dude, I was captivated from the first fucking frame of this movie. Dude, 100%. And I have to say, and I felt it, like there's that energy that we felt in the audience of that adrenaline rush of really not knowing what's coming next in this movie. It's rarely found in movie theaters and in modern movies anymore where you're there to think that you're you're watching one thing, but what you're getting on screen, he's constantly got you guessing. I feel like, the first act is pretty straightforward in, in, in tra- terms of presenting you what he thinks he wants you to think. Mm-hmm. And the second act kind of starts to veer off. And then the third act goes totally off the fucking rails and just goes, I'm going with this thing. This is what this is what it is. And when by that point, though, 
I feel like I don't think everyone will be on for the ride, but I feel like maybe 85%, 90% of the audience will be on for the ride at that point. This is not going to work for no. everyone. I can already I, I'm see I'm telling this. you right now that, but, that the, the monkey shit that I just talked about, <laughs> the monkey shit, the monkey shit that I just talked about is is going to divide people. I feel like there's going to be people that complain about it. Like, that's so left field. Why was this in the movie? And me and Brady talked about it a little bit on the phone earlier. You know, Brady's a big Stephen King fan. Dude, read a Stephen King fucking book. Do you think it's just a straight narration of, you know, fluent chain of events in his stories? No, there's subplots. There's shit that's so wacky and wonky in there because it all plays into the story. That's called character development. So Stephen Yun from The Walking Dead, uh, he plays a little boy that was a child actor. And he yeah. was a famous child actor that was on two television shows. And, you know, you get you get a full backstory on this guy. So for all the people that are going to bitch about the chimpanzee scene, A, it's probably the most terrifying scene of any horror film I've ever seen. Because I had never seen anything like it. And... Shit like that happens, dude. There's stories out there of chimpanzees losing their shit and yeah. eating their owners and shit like that. To me, that's real. Just wild animals in yes, general. Yes, to me, that's real world scary. And the way that that was shot was terrifying. There's so much suspense. Like, dude, this fucking chimp is beating and eating all of these cast members while Steven Yun, like, it's the version of him when he's a little boy, is hiding under a table, hiding from the chimpanzee. So, but he's watching this chimp fuck everybody up and just hoping that the chimp doesn't see him. When finally the chimp looks at him and slowly starts crawling towards him, it is fucking nightmare fuel. But with the Jupiter character, Stephen Yun's character, he was this child actor. He had a lot of success. He. Seems like maybe his success ran out as an actor and he took the money that he made off these shows and later he opens up a ranch where, you know, it's kind of based around the nostalgia of the shit that he he was on a very popular kids TV show. So his ranch is adjacent to our lead character's ranch. So he's charging admission to come to this like, oh, it's like, remember when I was on this show? It's a tourist attraction. And you get a full story of this guy and, you know... Ultimately, him chasing fame, again, like the fame that he had when he was a kid, ends up being his undoing. And, like, we can talk about that later, but to the people that are going to say that this, that whole portion of the film was unnecessary, I think it was completely necessary. You got a full immersive story of that character, which played into this. And as far as what you guys said with the, the you know, the fist pump thing coming from under the curtain that was in the trailer... I was 100% dead-ass like, yo, that's an alien hand. That is a <laughs> slimy alien hand. Well, a horse alien. That's that misdirection that I love. Yeah. I mean, Peel is one of those directors. He's extre- I've read this throughout the years of him being a big-time filmmaker. He's actually directly involved with the trailers for his movies, where a lot of other directors are not, actually. It's just the studio takes the footage, they cut it, into something they think that audiences are going to like, something that's energetic enough. Like, oh, you know, the 16-year-old kid that, you know, going to see this other movie, this Marvel movie, is going to like this. So, but no, man, all all of the direction in his trailers are very specific. And again, the, the, the chimpanzee in the movie didn't expect it. Now, I will say, while I am a nostalgia freak, 
and I love 90s sitcoms, I felt like that element was a little bit of a plot device, but I don't mind that it's a plot device for it to be the setup to connect to the end of the movie because this whole movie is about spectacle. And there's something so special if you grew up in the 90s about 90s sitcoms. They were a spectacle. TGIF, man, like literally you would wait all fucking week long to watch Full House, Boy Meets step World, whatever the lineup was, Family Matters. Yeah, I mean, Step by Step was actually my fucking Mine favorite. Too. Cody, yeah, dude, fuck yeah, dude, my van, I'm banging chicks I out here, loved, man. Uh, Suzanne Summers. Get the milk and the you chocolate know, syrup. Dude, listen though, my only regret from that, and I don't give a fuck if I'm just being a dude with his dick out, you saw very little cleavage of Suzanne Summers on that show. It was very clean. Yo, I was all about. There's like one I or two. I was all episodes, about the daughters <laughs> on that show, man. Uh, the one chick, her last name was Larkin. I can't remember her first name. She. Uh, I just remember da- the, the character's name. It was Dana, yeah. and the other chick was basically just in the background. Yeah, you know, most of the time. But but no, I mean, like, it, it all seems to make sense in, in the weird world that is Jordan Peele's brain because he's bringing so many of those same sensibilities. He knows the nostalgia sells. So that was just another element that he threw in there with this fictional show that he created with this fictional character who's this child actor. And it all seems to blend perfectly together with this movie. I don't know how you feel about it, Brady. I was going to just say that I I guess I land in the camp somewhere between really loving it and not hating it, but being confused by it. So it's not that I felt like the scenes with Gordy the Chimp were bad or we didn't need them, but there's a couple plots in within the movie that feel like it's four different movies mashed together at points. And he really could have whittled that down and, and gone deeper with it instead of like, so for instance, the documentarian, I, he comes out of nowhere in the final act pretty much like he shows up at the beginning, but then you bring him in at the end and like, you don't really get much except surface level with him. And, and I feel like you could have focused that more on the Gordy stuff and maybe just focus on those two things because those things went together really well, but instead... But they had fractured. to show that IMAX camera in there. Well, they had <laughs> since, to show that. Since, I mean, it, it make no <laughs> so mistake, that makes this, sense. This has to be mentioned that not just scenes of this movie were shot in IMAX. This whole fucking movie was shot in IMAX. Not even Christopher Nolan does that. I mean, that's, that's where Peel is really reaching for Kubrick level because... IMAX cameras are extremely difficult to work with. They are film cameras. So he used film for this, which is so yeah, old school. So expensive, too. And, and those cameras are so bulky and huge. And Jeremy, even you turned to me and like looked at me later on in the movie, you know, in the third act when they're trying to film whatever it is they're trying to see, you see an IMAX logo on this old-ass camera, and it was just funny. It was just like a kind of an in-joke because... Um, Seriously, man, think about how much time and effort went into making this movie. The practical sets, this is all shot in real world settings. Yeah. In a studio where there's they're shooting like a studio scene about a Hollywood studio in a studio. They're out in the desert with a house they built in the desert, you know, other than the set that was the inside of that house, everything else is just real. They're really yeah. there. The yeah. movie looks no, I mean, beautiful. The movie looks beautiful. Mm. The landscapes the, the widescreen presentation of everything that, that he is delivering for us. It is a beautifully shot film. I can't I can't remember the last time I've seen a movie that looked this gorgeous, man. Just the landscapes, yeah. everything. The locations were beautiful. You know, you wanted it was a place that you'd be like, man, 
the Haywood Farms are beautiful. That's that's where this takes place is on the Haywood Farm, uh, or the Haywood Ranch. And dude, well, I mean, he he picked the the right cinematographer. It's Hoyt Van Hoytema. I, I know I was saying his name wrong, but he is Nolan's cinematographer that he's used since the Dark Knight trilogy. He used him for Dunkirk, Interstellar, and Tenet. Like this guy knows how to present like a visually stunning experience for the audience, and also is extremely experienced in IMAX cameras. So you would want to choose that guy. I feel like for me at least, this is the most visually entertaining science fiction. I hate to call it an alien movie, but you know what I mean? What people typically think of as a UFO science fiction alien movie. Like it's by far one of the most visually stunning. For sure well, to me at least, it harkens back to Steven Spielberg with Close Encounters of the Third Kind. This is legitimately like his take on those 1970s and early 80s science fiction spectacles. Well, let's talk about that, man. Like there are so many and I we you know, we we talk about this all the time the difference between an homage and a ripoff. And with his movie, I feel like it's just the love that he has for all of these influences just is injected into the movies and seeps exactly. in there, like, naturally. So like, I mean, like you said, Close Encounters are the third kind, but I picked up on Jaws a lot of the scenes with the the UFO. Like I, I didn't even I, honestly. I didn't even realize that till we talked about it on the phone after the movie. Yeah. yeah, dude, so much. I mean, and Jaws is one of my favorite movies. There's so much Jaws in this movie for sure. Killer Clowns is a little bit in there. I mean, really, anything to to do with that type of era of of sci-fi. Jurassic is, Park is a in little this. bit. The blob. Well, he talked about that. Peel cited King Kong and Jurassic Park. Oh shit. Uh, as big influences because of the spectacle and how humans are drawn to it. Like Justin also said at the, the, the buildup. Because think about the first King Kong movie. You don't see King Kong for the first 35, 45 minutes of the movie back when movies were only an hour, hour and 10 minutes long. Yeah. Jurassic Park, you don't see the T-Rex for, like, I just saw it a few weeks ago at the John Williams event. It was like 50 minutes, 55 minutes until you see yeah. the T-Rex in all its glory. So he, he knows. And I feel like he's <laughs> the only filmmaker that can kind of really get away with this, though. Most he most fans are going to be annoyed that they're not seeing anything right from the beginning. People want to yeah. see, yo, is this an alien movie? I want to see an alien in the first shot. I want to see an alien can, doing can, something. Can I can I know? can I do the reveal? Can I talk about the reveal right now? We might honestly at this point this sure. is a short fresh frights, so you might as well So ladies and gentlemen, you've already listened to this far. If you want to save the ending of this movie, wait till you see the movie, but Jeremy, we're going to get into it. We might as well get into Dude. it. Okay, hit here, here hit here's em. the twist. X the gonna shop. give it to you. AIDS. He gonna give it to AIDS. I can't I can't believe it, man. But that thing in the sky <clears throat> that we think is a UFO. We think it's an alien. <clears throat> Sorry guys, I have a sinus infection right now, so I sound I sound like the fucking uh Hoyt character in this fucking movie. I'm like, yeah. Dude, as long as you don't die on the mic. And you're going to be okay after we record this episode. Yeah. We're fine. So with all of the posters and the trailers, you think it's an alien spaceship, right? And like I said earlier, right. with the fist bump thing, we thought it. I thought it was an alien hand. And then there's another shot in the trailer where you see a little bit of an alien head. Well, which is all misdirection. It's all misdirection because the alien head was one of Jupiter Jupiter's sons who who lives on the adjacent ranch, like pranking them. So they're I'm gonna tell you right now. They're also terrifying. <clears throat> terrifying. Oh, that was it. That scene. That scene Great was terrifying. Great fucking scene. Oh, one of my favorite scenes in the movie. That scene sure. was terrifying. So here it is, guys. I'm dropping it on you, and you, I hope you've already seen this fucking movie because it's a big one. That is not a spaceship. 
in the sky. It is a fucking alien creature that has come to our planet, and just like everything out there, it has to eat. It has to feed to survive. So this fucking alien creature that's flying in in the sky, when it is zooming around, it takes more of a sphere shape, right? And that's how it travels quickly, is in that sphere shape, and that's why we thought it was a spaceship. But there are other times, like when it goes to feed, that it will change forms in order to suck whatever it's trying to feed into the sky, into its mouth, into literally its digestive system. There is a scene in this fucking movie where it sucks up like fucking 50 people at once into into its body. I'm getting chills thinking about it. Into its body. And we literally get shots of these people getting absorbed and digested inside of this alien creature's stomach. So essentially, look at Brady's face. He's reliving that scene dude, again. It man. was so visceral <laughs> it's scary. and shocking it's and surprising, but like you can't look away. Essentially, like, it is a fucking oh. alien space dragon thing that lives in the sky. It's from another world. It's an alien vagina, dude. It sucks you up into a hole, <laughs> dude, and then you go into like a pink vaginal entryway and dude where, where the scene where the blood rains down from it I said is he going in the direction where it's on its period dude. <laughs> <laughs> so I think with that there's a scene where it like starts spewing blood out over the house you know so there's oh man one of my favorite sequences there's a scene ever. where they fuck with this thing because they know it needs to feed so they put a fake plastic horse with one of these zip lines with the, with the plastic flags on it in it sucks up this plastic horse with this zipline flag thing and it obs- it tries to absorb it but it hurts its insides which is another reason that it ends up once it digests you it spits out the things that it doesn't need like change cell phones keys it's literally no different than humans shitting out the waste in your body your body can't digest it's the same yep. thing it's an organic organism so like when 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 it spews out all the blood over the house it, I think, A, it's partly because it's injured a little bit, right? But also, it's a warning to them, like, don't fuck with me like that again. And it did. It went after them. It was pissed after that. It wanted to fucking eat them. So, like, yeah. they, you know, this whole movie is is social commentary. And this is Jordan Peele's commentary in this movie on chasing money. About, you know, what is money worth to you? You know, what? how far are you willing to go for money? Are you willing to give your life and or your soul or what makes you you for money? And that is the social commentary in this because they want to get footage of this alien so they can make money off it, so they can profit, so they never have to worry about money again. But in the process, look at everything that it's costing them. They're risking their They're lives. They're putting themselves in danger. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And, and also how, how we as a society... Look at the spectacle of things. You know, it's that thing where, like last weekend, props to my boys movie dumpster for their first ever event at the Colonial Theater. I went to their event. On the way there, I saw one of the worst car wrecks in my entire life. And it was raining terribly. And this car had been smashed in the front, crushed on the top, and it had flipped. It was on the top of the car on the side of the road. It's that thing that our society is so used to. You can't look away. It's like a bad car wreck. You know what I mean? Like when if someone was shot and killed on the side of the sidewalk in our society today with people with cell phones, they're filming it. They're posting it on their social media. I mean, 
TMZ shows up in this fucking movie. <laughs> and I mean, it, it, it goes beyond social commentary at that point where it's like, literally, I'm saying this is what our world is right now, where a dude will take a motorcycle and drive out in the middle of nowhere just because he heard some crazy shit was going on. And as he's dying, he's on his deathbed. He's begging, take a picture, take a picture, film it, film it. Because we live in a society where everything has to be broadcast on the internet. And there's so much to say about that in this movie, particularly the fact that our main characters that we follow for the most part, particularly OJ, a wonderful performance by Daniel Kaluuya, um, so fucking relaxed and so realistic, naturalistic, if you will, I swear to God, this guy, I, I want to see him in more shit, man. I mean, I know that Peel said, you're my Robert De Niro. I want you in all my stuff. This guy needs to be in, like, everything. I want to see him as, like, a fucking Bond villain or something. Like, he's yeah, got nope. so much range. There's so much nuance in his performance just in his fucking eyes. All he has to do is get out of his truck and look up in the sky, and you can feel every bit of emotion and angst and terror that he's feeling in these scenes. I mean, M is good. Kiki Palmer is very, very good. Very energetic. I love that. But I'm going to say this right now. My second favorite performance is Brandon Perea as Angel. Stole the show. Because this, I was telling you as I was walking out of the door, um, we all know that dude. You know what I mean? Like, he's, he's that guy that we've gone to the store and... You know, we've dealt with in person, but he's so energetic. He's so funny. Uh, the whole scene with him saying about his gr- his girlfriend, who's now like on the CW. <laughs> so fucking funny. Dude, fuck when the he CW, said fuck you know, the CW, she- I was in my seat and I thought Justin is probably clapping in the theater right now. And what did I do? I clapped. His, his, you know me his, way too well. His character is probably one of my favorites uh, as well, for sure. He was so funny, man. And he. I think everybody has known somebody like that too. Like he really, exactly, he really re- reminded me of one of my buddies that I grew up with, Matt. Like he, he kind of looked like him a little bit too. So I'm like, yeah, there was a little weird parallel there for me. I was like, oh shit. Did he have bleach blonde tips? At one point, yeah, he did. Well, dude, that makes sense. Without that character, much, much like you know, some of the other stuff that happens in the movie, without that character. They wouldn't have moved along the story because he's that guy that shows up, kind of already knows where they're going. Like they're they're ordering all these cameras, and he's like, "You can't set this shit up." Yeah, I can that do it for you. So funny. Comes out and he's like, "Yeah, he already knows you're looking for UFOs, aren't you?" And then literally references like real world, re- real things that we've had happen in the UFO world in the past five to six years. So I loved that, and it, and it grounded that in that way. But going back to what you were talking about, Jeremy, with the reveal of what it is we see. I feel like either audiences are going to be like cool with it. It's going to be 50 50 because most GA general audience moviegoers, they, they want to be spoon fed. They don't want to be surprised. They don't want anything. That's not right. They don't want to feel tricked. Yeah. They don't want to feel tricked and they don't want to be challenged, but us cinephiles, hardcore horror addicts or even the people that just really like really good movies, I think, are going to dig this. But, mm-hmm. but some people may feel betrayed by this it's twist. A space, which it definitely it's a is. a space one. monster. It is a fucking outer space monster that is has come to Earth 
and it is just trying to figure out how to survive, and it's eating fucking horses and people to do that. And I love that, and I love that Jordan Peele brought Keith David into this movie about a I'm so bummed that he was so monster. short-lived, though, dude. I'm that was so a bummed. I thought he would have a that bigger was a bummer, role, but because... As soon as he showed up, we both like were like so yes. excited. It was like, man, he's never in anything big, and he's in a big movie that's going to make a I, lot of I money. I did the metal like, horns immediately when he went on on screen, yeah, dude. dude. Like he, Keith David is now in another alien space monster movie, and I'm fucking ecstatic that this exists. And well, I course, really we, appreciate in this one that it, he doesn't dwell on okay, well, where'd the alien come from? How did it get here? Why is it here? And also, there's this this huge sense of isolation, right? Like, even though they're not alone. So, Justin and I talked about it yesterday on the phone. Like, the military didn't show up. You get the TMZ reporter, and then you get a couple reporters at the end, obviously, when the big shit's happening. But really, it's just your core group of characters, and that's who you live with. There's it's no so military intervention. Yeah. I I love Jordan Peele's brain, because I feel like only Jordan Peele... Bro, I want to fucking live no it. No shit. I, fuck this world. I want to go jump inside a skull... Dude. And just I feel like there. only Jordan Peele could be like, okay, I want to do <laughs> a movie with aliens. And then only Jordan Peele would be like, yo, it's not a spaceship. The spaceship is an alien. It's a fucking... It's a flying vagina. It's a flying, <laughs> sphere-shaped <laughs> monster. God damn, it's fucking brilliant. I have, a, I have a quote for him, though, uh, from him about the movie. He was interviewed... And he said, you know, I think a part of the journey, this was written a different way for me and created in a different way. Whereas my other movies, specifically Get Out, started with this notion of what if I write a script that no one would ever let me make? And how can I make a movie that's impossible? Well, with the fortune of success, I've had greater tools I can work with. So it's very important to me to continue to push and continue to start from the same starting point of what can I do that's impossible? What is the movie that I'm not supposed to make, that I can't make, that I don't know how to make? And that was the starting point. But having those tools and trying to understand what it meant to be inviting people to a spectacle that was different than my previous films, it changed the process Dude, itself. Dude, that literally is. If you if you read old interviews with Steven Spielberg, pre-Jaws, after Jaws, pre-Close Encounters, after Close Encounters, he is literally, I feel like, and I, 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 maybe I'm overstepping some boundaries, but I don't give a flying fuck. I feel like he is the modern Spielberg. He is challenging himself with every genre. With, yeah. with, 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 with us, he wanted to try to do like a slasher type of weird thing. It's hard to say exactly where he was going with that. With Get Out, it was so psychological. And with this movie, he's taking on the sci-fi horror thriller. And with each movie, he's challenging himself. He's trying to one-up himself. I feel like he cares about his audience, but I think deep down what he's really trying to do is challenge everybody else and be like, yo, try this. Because no one else is really doing that in mainstream movies. I mean, we yeah. just had Men earlier this year, which me and Jeremy were, were really warm on. That was a very challenging movie. I feel like Denis Villeneuve, who you know did Dune last year, he did Arrival, which I still think is a science fiction masterpiece. Um, a different kind of alien movie, but we have these new auteur filmmakers that are in the forefront. And I, for one, am extremely excited, and particularly because Jordan Peele is, at his core, a huge horror fan. Yeah. He knows the genre like we do as fans. That's what he grew up with. That's what he loves. I mean, he produced the Candyman remake, and 
you know, some people loved it. I myself, it didn't work completely, but I know what they were going for with it. And I still trust everything he's going to put his hand into. That little jar or whatever, he's going to dip his hand into it. That little monkey paw, you know, that Ugh. mixes the fucking shit in the opening of the oh, each oh, movie that, that he's involved okay. with. Well, I mean, let's just say... Not Gordy's paw. Gordy is one of the most terrifying CGI-created characters I've seen in a movie in the past five years. Yep. Because it is built on a real animal we've seen and an animal we know is extremely dangerous. And there's one sequence in this movie. Um, I actually uh, reached out to someone that asked me on Instagram, is this movie okay for my kid to see? And I said, well, there's one scene that's so fucking disturbing, I would never take them to a zoo where there's chimps ever again. Yeah. And yeah. they were like, okay. I was like, I'm just being honest. Because they, they said, just like, don't spoil anything, but let me know seriously. That scene, Jeremy... We both, I remember, I was. I knew I was going to look at you after the scene. I knew you'd look at me, and I looked at you, and we both did the same thing at the same time. Head turned, like, mouths wide open. Holy fuck. I'm not going to ruin that on the episode, but that scene is so visceral. Oh, I already, so I already ruined it. You were peeing. Okay. Well, <laughs> even so, even so, even so. It's, it, it's, it doesn't capture it. it, it like, you still have to see this thing for yourself, and the way that it's presented by Peel it is, dude. It's the scare. I feel like it's the scariest thing in the movie. I gotta it's die. That could actually I gotta die happen on the hill. to you. I gotta say, the scariest part is when everybody from the rodeo is getting sucked up. Yeah. Like the monkey, Gordy scared the shit out of me. It's but an ape, just, God damn it! It's not a monkey. They're two different fucking things. The the scene, <laughs> it doesn't have a tail, <laughs> dude. Shit. The scene of of them getting sucked up and just devoured by this organism. That is what haunts my dreams now. Not so much Gordy, but like. That's terrifying. Yeah. Well, th- th- I feel like this movie, in terms of that presentation, is the closest thing that I've seen since Fire in the Sky, a movie that when mm. I was a kid, Jeremy's mentioned this on the show before, he saw it too. That whole abduction sequence in that movie, I had nightmares for years over that. And this is the first time since then where I felt like someone captured the terror of what that would be like. Yeah on film in a really creative and different way that we've never seen before. No, brilliant. And I, and I love that again. So we can do final thoughts in a minute, but there's so much misdirection. The movie keeps you guessing. It's solely based on these core characters. It's scale is huge, but yet so small because we're not in a big city. We're not seeing anything being leveled. It's out in the desert with one house and a handful of people, which we've actually never seen before. Um, but also the spectacle is still there. It still feels so huge. It still feels like this big event when at the end it's pretty much like just a few people against this thing. Yeah. And I think they do that perfectly. Like it's it's almost like a slasher meets a sci-fi, right? Because you're used to this core group of people you follow in a slasher just from that aspect. And then this thing is hunting them and following yeah. them. And then it turns into the sci-fi movie and you're like, Oh shit. Like this is the best of both worlds. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and another, another little thing is that you have to look at the space creature in order for it to if suck you, you up. It can't. It's like when you make eye contact yeah. with it, that's where it's able to suck you up. There's something with it that you have to lock eyes with it in order for it to take you. And I think that's fucking brilliant as well. Obviously, there's been plot things like that before in other in other movies. Like if you look at it, that's when mm-hmm. it can get you. 
But the way that they did it in this one was fucking brilliant. And I'm going to call out one more thing before we can, before we go to final thoughts. The scene with our lead character, uh, Daniel, uh, what was his, uh, Haywood, what was his, his character? Otis. OJ Haywood. Because his dad was Otis Haywood Sr. So I assume (laughs) it's, I was thinking Orangeall, I mean, Orenthal, James Simpson, not guilty. As soon as I heard OJ, I'm like, I guarantee Dude. I fucking guarantee that Peel put that in there on purpose. Oh, yeah. When that white actress is like, OJ, yeah. that's your name? Dude. And he, what does that stand for? Otis Jr. And then his sister, Emerald, is like, run, OJ, run. <laughs> Seriously, the juice is loose. Dude, so. <laughs> he did it on purpose. Dude, so so awesome. So the scene with with uh, Otis, and thank you because his fucking character name escaped me, uh, in the fucking truck. And he's like, th- he knows the spaceship is, is close by. <laughs> And he opens the car door and he goes to step out and he looks up and can see it and it makes a noise and he immediately slowly gets back in the car and shuts the door and he's like, nope, nope. And then he, and then (laughs) he locks the the door. There it is. So all these people that were like, you know, we talked about this last night, Jeremy, all these people that were speculating and you heard it in line waiting for the movie Brady last night, like not of planet earth, not of planet earth, which would totally make sense. It's, It's entirely possible that still part of the, the you know the, the title of the movie but dude it's literally relying on just like lines of dialogue like that and i love that it's so fucking smart it's so witty like who the fuck else is doing that who else is naming their movie based on one line of dialogue something that almost all of us say at least once a week where we're like nope nope not doing that dude you know yeah. what i mean the whole, the whole reason um, i started this episode as sylvester stallone is because one of i think it was the first time i ever met him Oh, Justin, you were fucking there. I uh, I was like, Mr. Stallone, would you mind signing my poster? And he went, nope. It was the <laughs> hardest nope I had ever I heard in my that. life. Nope. Um, I remember with- turning, looking to the left where you were standing way below me and my tall stature that I have. And you were like, "You're." I swear to God, I saw a tear about to come out of your eye. But you ran quickly. You ran somewhere else because you knew we were going to try to get him somewhere else there and I just stood there in all my glory taking pictures of him in front of the Rocky statue and then of course I myself I've told this story plenty of times but you know I I, I like reached through a group of cheerleaders and there's that picture of me (laughs) with my long ass hair and I'm like a gigantic fat 220 fucking pounds not lifting not going to the gym not giving a fuck eat a Philly cheesesteak taking a screenshot like trying to trying to take a selfie with all these girls and there's that shot of me like behind all these girls like with my phone out like a complete fucking loser nope great great moment though great moment but your ass nope. didn't even tell me about that and that's another that's that's well, that's go, a subject for another going back to the, the title Justin, of the movie <laughs> going back to the title of the movie uh, it just fits because everything is a misdirection but also nope. he was asked about the 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 title and he said that he chose Nope because he wanted to acknowledge movie audiences and their expected reactions to the film. And then he also considered titling the film Little Green Men to reference a theme in the film about humanity's monetization of spectacle. Boom. So. I'm glad it was Nope, though. Yeah. And little Green Men would have been good because there are no Little Green Men in it, but. Well, also, the Spoiler. studio, thank you, Universal, for sending me not just a few shirts but literally like 50 shirts for this movie to give away to our listeners and to our fans and also to whoever else may be walking down the sidewalk in front of my house next week. Um, 
Thank you so much for that. And also thank you for the invite to see this movie early. It was not a press screening per se. We had press spots, but this was a screening because they really want hype on this movie. And rightly so. They want people talking about this movie as soon as possible. It needs it. It deserves it. And I hope everyone goes to see it. I think a lot of people will go see this movie this weekend. This is, I feel like, you know, Top Gun earlier in the year was the movie to see. It's still the movie to see for this year. But this is that one event movie you get in the middle of the summer. You have to see this movie on the big screen. And if you do, Jeremy, I know even you, you're not that guy that usually goes to like IMAX or large format theaters. You can yeah, attest you that have to. this should be seen on the biggest you ha- screen You possible. have to. This movie is huge and deserves to be seen in the way that they filmed it, which is on the biggest fucking possible screen. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, brother. And Brady, you, when you saw it, you saw it on IMAX too. They showed it, but you said your speaker was out, so. Yeah, we saw it on, I, on IMAX at AMC in Boston. Uh, my boy Howie with the missing toenail and the 20,000 Twitter followers from last time was there. I didn't see he him, was? but I saw him. Dude. I was t- I passed him as I was trying to park, and I said, that's my boy Howie. Bro, Howie you gotta dunks, get him on for a guest spot on the show. You gotta be like, yo, <laughs> Howie dude, getting we dunks. need you on a guest spot on this shit. Dude, Wait, I need dude. your followers. Uh, but yeah, the speaker on the left side, like, I would say about 40% of the movie had like a really bad echo, but that's like my black phone situation yep. that happened when we saw that movie. But ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get right down to it right now. Trash it or treasure it. And I'm pretty sure I know where we're going to go around the circle, but we're going to start with you, Jeremy, because when we walked out of the theater, I'll never forget. You turned to me, you looked me dead in the eyes and you said, masterpiece. That was a horror masterpiece. masterpiece. I, yeah. I have not felt that way from a movie in theaters, and I was talking to Brady about this earlier, I think the last time I walked out of a movie that high on the movie was 2017's It. Because I walked out and I was like, yo, that was a horror masterpiece. Andy Machete's first installment of his two-part It series, it was fucking incredible, and it made me feel so much excitement and so proud of what was accomplished for this genre that I love so much, and that's exactly how this movie made me feel. I walked out so proud to be a horror fan, so proud that a visionary filmmaker like Jordan Peele is creating content and changing the game. I have goosebumps right now saying that he is very much on his way to becoming a master of horror because very much like the George Romero's and the John Carpenter's and the Wes Craven's, he's putting social commentary real world horrors into movies that even have things as you know spectacular as a fucking flying alien dragon thing a flying vagina dude, thing dude i i <laughs> this movie is a, is I would, a modern i would take one for the team <laughs> i would fight that flying vagina for you With guys your penis you're large enough dude you could you could plant yourself right in that, J- uh, Bra- that well, brady that would mean? get sucked up into that thing and all of a sudden brady's dad would already be in there naked and his fucking <laughs> dick would fucking fly out and hit him in the forehead you'd be like where'd he come from oh we thought he was a horse the in this time. movie if, if someone wanted to save the world they just have to find the guy with the largest cock and be like throw him towards it and go dude just put no. that cock in there they're That's never gonna be able to take that um, thing so yeah i i i don't give a fuck about the people that are gonna naysay this film i really don't uh, because I know that it is a fucking masterpiece. Everybody is, of course, entitled to their opinion. If you don't like it, then that's you. You're not wrong. That's how you feel about it. But I I think that this movie is, is a modern masterpiece. Hashtag film is subjective. 100% all the time. So, yes. I, But I feel like most people are going to walk out like, holy shit. 
I I hope they do. I, hope I didn't know. I, I didn't to. know this movie was going to be about a flying alien monster. So that twist excited me, and I was like, "Holy fuck, that's brilliant!" Other people may feel tricked from it and won't like it. I digress. It's fucking amazing. I can't wait to see it again. Mm, awesome, and Brady, you. Yeah. Um, are you going to treasure it or treasure it, man? I'm going to treasure it. Uh, there are some things that I've already pointed out that I found a little off about it, such as the pacing. I don't like how it divided up the movie into chapters because I felt like that was interjected most times where it really threw me off. And I was like, oh, okay, now I have to like reposition how I'm watching this. Um, the Gordy thing was terrifying, but like I said, it just it ended up feeling like a bunch of plot lines were mashed together that didn't necessarily need to be there, but were still enjoyable. But overall, man, like like I said, I expected a horse alien movie going into this, and upon seeing the movie, I was just <laughs> I still can't believe you want a horse <laughs> I was alien movie. pinned to my seat. Like your guy, you guys were on the edge of your seats. Like I felt like I was sucked back into the seat and couldn't move. You know, like in Get Out when he's sitting there and she's like, "Now go to the dark place or or wherever." And did you have a, did you have a tear run down? I didn't have a tear, though. but I was just okay. like staring at the movie especially that scene that i keep talking about where they're sucked up and eaten by this organism like i said there is like he just captured it perfectly like nobody ever knows what it's like to be eaten by an alien ship right but that's what i feel like it would look like and feel like yeah and also that's what our society does whenever something bad happens in front of them the majority of them today they don't run away they look at it some of them do but most of them they yeah. look at it and they but, film it and they yeah, stand I, there because they want to embrace it Justin, I totally agree with you. He's the I think he's this generation Spielberg. I think that he has just cemented himself at the top of horror. Um, he even his movies that we don't necessarily like all that much in the third act, like us, like it's still a good movie and you have to give it props. And I think people who are fans of Peel may find issues with this because you go from two movies where there's the central theme of uh, racism and systemic racism and that flows through and that's how he crafts the stories around that. This one doesn't really have such a central theme. There's the theme of spectacle, but that's a much broader, ambiguous theme. That's right? true. That's true. And definitely. so I feel like some people who are big Peel fans might come away thinking, huh, maybe that wasn't for me or maybe I don't get it. Um, he's had a couple interviews with people who they've even said it to him like, oh, I don't get this one as much as I got your other two movies and he's like, that's the point. Like, we're moving to a much broader theme. I love theme. that though. Fuck yeah. Yeah, so do I. So it's it's definitely a, a treasure. If I had to compare it to a movie like Jeremy did, big It fan, but for me this year, a, a lesser known movie that came out on Hulu was Fresh with Sebastian Stan and Daisy Edgar Jones. Like I just, that movie left me feeling like, man, horror really has the potential to go anywhere and do something great. We are and, right now, ladies and gentlemen, not to cut you off, we are. Brady, you can agree with this. Even being a newcomer to the genre in the past 10 years. Jeremy can agree with this too. We've talked about this. We are in a horror renaissance right now. Yes. And we are so <laughs> lucky. We are so back in the, it's thankful. back in the we, mainstream we, baby. We, we need to be thankful for a Jordan Peele. Listen, even if you don't love this movie, even if you don't walk away being like I was blown away, you have to take the time to appreciate. And that's the one thing I feel like a lot of people don't do. We do a podcast, right? We review movies. I've been, mm -hmm doing a film critic thing for eight years or whatever, but a lot of people forget the fact of Jeremy's made a movie, how difficult it is to make a movie. It's impossible. And when you look at this thing, when you look at this thing, particularly, you're like, how did you do that? 
really there's shortcomings, but how did you do that? Dude, that's that's yeah. why it's you know? been so many years since I've made one because it is literally getting defeated and defeated and defeated while you're trying to get closer to the finish line. Like any situation, anything that can go wrong does go wrong. And it's it, dude, getting a film made is a small miracle. And that's why in big Hollywood productions, it takes so many fucking people to accomplish that because they're so hard to make it. It's so hard to make a good one. Um, you know, so dude, something of this caliber just takes dire commitment and tremendous talent. So I don't think anybody can and, deny and, and that. And just to think, I mean, and just to think, the the movie is a little over two hours. It's under seventy million. So in today's world, it's still kind of a low budget movie in a weird way. You know what I mean? Um, but for me, one hundred percent treasuring this thing. I, I I definitely didn't walk away nearly as enamored as Jeremy was on the first watch. But I definitely plan. I I told my wife Danielle. I said, you need to see this one because. You know, we watch movies early a lot, and I don't take her to everything early, but this is the one that she needs to see. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, again, strange things are afoot in this movie. Clouds are ominous. Winds threatening. Rearing screeches. There's so many things in this movie. The sound. The visual presentation. You are drawn in immediately into this thing. When it grabs you, I, I only peed once during this movie. Jeremy can attest, I peed once during this movie. That's our actually, new reading system. Dur- during the actual movie. I peed before the movie, then I peed once during the movie, and I did not get up another time. Um, this is literally, like I, I can't compare him to anybody else other than Spielberg because he continues to challenge himself. Jordan Peele, I will be there for every single Everyone. thing you do. Everyone. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. You are challenging us as an audience and you are challenging your fucking peers as directors and creatives. 100% treasure this shit. I can't treasure. wait to pre-order the fucking 4K, whatever the fuck it is, the steel book or whatever it's going to be that's going to sit on my shelf. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so, so much for listening to Brain Stew. We are so thankful for you as our listeners. You are the reason why we do what we do. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And of course, we hope you enjoy the movie. If you don't, that's okay. Be sure to let us know okay. why in the comment okay. section. Yeah, it's okay. We'll still and, love you. We'll, we will. We'll still, like, we'll, we'll still we pull you into this space vagina and then spit you out with all kinds of vaginal fluids on your face and whatever. There it is. <laughs> but, Jeremy, you don't have to use the voice, but you got to do it. If, if they're new to the show and they're looking for us on social media, where can they find us? Hey, uh, I got the... Uh, Infection inside of my uh, anal sinuses, and uh, we, me and me and uh, the juice was loose in the uh, Silver Spring, Maryland's. A uh, couple of fucking flunkies wanted to pick a fight with me after the movie. That's true. Uh, that's, that's a true, true story. Yeah. I'm not making that up. Uh, we ate some really good fucking wings, and uh, on the bathroom wall, it was uh, a picture of Justin sucking some dick. And uh, if you go find that picture on the back of it, uh, I wrote a cell phone number. You can call him and ask him with the Facebook's uh, the uh, navigation to get to the interwebs thing. That's true. Great, great dive bar. And yes, Jeremy almost got into a huge thing. We're not going to talk about that until next week on the show. But yes, if you want to find us on social media, the Brain Stew Crew Brain at Epic Film Guys. Yes. Instagram, Twitter, 
Facebook. And Jeremy, if they want to find you on your own socials, dude. <laughs> I was gonna do the voice again. <laughs> uh, it is JT underscore. I don't even fucking know what it is. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's uh, JT underscore pumpkin underscore guts. G U T Z. JT pumpkin guts on Instagram. And he's the sober one, which is why I love busting his. <laughs> I'm like, dude, this. Uh, Justin knows how bad my memory is. You put me on the spot. You're like, yo, what's your Instagram handle? I'm like, fuck, I don't. I did it on purpose. I don't know, actually. <laughs> and and Brady, you're on Twitter. You're 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 active on there. I'm on Twitter, man. Yeah, you guys can find me at bratty. and then on Instagram, it's just ba cloven, like bcloven. Like nah, you need to ch- you need to change like Instagram to be ratty, bro. That's you now. It won't let me. It won't let me do the. Uh, we talked about this last time. It won't let me do the hyphen or the, the underscore. The hyphen. Bullshit. Yeah. All of yeah, it. Yeah, because then Fuck it's just bratty. And I don't want to just be bullshit. bratty. Bullshit. All of it. You suck. All of it. I hate it. No problemo. But until next time nope. again, I am Justin. Where's you? Jeremy. And be ratty. <laughs> As always, we like to ask you. <laughs> Keep it. Creepy. creepy.